When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine how it feels to have one yeah. person kind of come at you and be like, oh, like you're, you're ugly or you're, you know, fat or you're dumb or anything like that. It hurts. Now imagine you have that being put in a video that is then broadcast to millions of people. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Watch Time. This week on the podcast, we've got a few things that we're going to talk to you about. An update on the Epic First Apple lawsuit that is going on that is happening basically right now. We're going to be talking about Fall Guys and why their social media has been so successful over the past week. And then we're going to be touching a little bit on Leafy and his ban from YouTube and why that was and how YouTube is managing the community at the moment. But firstly, Elliot, how was your week? What have you been up to? Honestly, a bit of a weird week. It's kind of at this stage, which is like right before the new season of Fortnite, because that's dropping in like two days now, where oh, I'm kind of like, uh, I probably should make like one more video before the new season, maybe two. But like, it, I just keep feeling like there's going to be some big end of season event that just like hasn't happened quite yet. And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> I'm sitting around like, uh, is it going like, to drop? Is it not going to drop? Is there like, we've got new POIs appearing? And it kind of just makes it weird to record videos because I'm like, if I record something, but then something huge happens, it's going to be like, well, okay, that was a waste. You know, like why I, I just wasted a bunch of time recording something that I now can't use. Um, but True. yeah, so it's, I don't know. It's this weird. I have to make videos, but I don't know what to make. So I'm worried that they'll get outdated. Anyway, basically just kind of in a holding pattern. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm actually trying to take nights off working this week. For those of you that don't know, I'm based in Canada at the moment, but obviously the rest of the click team is in Australia. So I often find myself working like crazy like late nights all the time. And so this week I'm like giving myself some self-imposed breaks where I'm not trying, going to be working nights, apart from the fact it's like literally 10 p.m. when we're recording this right now. So we'll see how that goes. Almost made it. <laughs> almost, almost. Alrighty, Elliot, should we get into it? Let's talk about the Apple and Epic lawsuit that's happening. Yeah. Last week we touched on the background of everything in Fortnite or Epic uploading a version of Fortnite on the App Store that was in violation of Apple's rules. Apple retaliated by taking down Fortnite. Epic hit back hard with a very premeditated lawsuit. And where's it gone since then? Well, then What's Apple, the Apple also banned the developer tools, which is a key part of what also happened today. So Apple, to be a bit more punitive to Epic, said, well, we're going to ban Fortnite because it breaks the rules. And then also kind of just because screw you, Epic, they were going to remove their like the entire company's ability to access any of like the Apple Store stuff, which would mean that all the apps that run on Unreal Engine, which is obviously a big thing for Epic Games, uh, would basically not be able to work. So basically hitting Epic, even in the areas where they're not violating uh, yeah. their thing. Anyway, today was the first time the case kind of uh, was seen by a judge. And that was because the uh, because Epic filed for like an emergency injunction, which is basically that 
Apple said we're going to ban Fortnite and the Epic developer tools uh, and your access to the, um, you know, the Apple Store developer tools. And Epic was basically trying to get that um, an emergency like block on that, basically stopping Apple from doing exactly that. Um, and they had some interesting arguments. So also, interestingly, before we even get into what actually happened in the hearing, uh, number one, I didn't actually realize we were going to be able to watch it. So apparently you could actually... Uh, could, oh. could, there was a, I, I kid you not, a Zoom call where you Love could that. join and, but this is where it gets interesting. Number one, hilarious, because apparently, I only read this, apparently the judge had a green screen behind her, because everyone's remote. The judge literally had a green screen behind her and had green screened in a courtroom. <laughs> so I thought that was just hilarious. <laughs> but also, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, so interestingly, there was a public Zoom call you could join uh that was capped at 500 people and i know that because i tried to join it and it said it was capped out at 500 uh but then there were obviously people who did get in restreaming it on youtube what i found interesting though apparently you can go to jail for that apparently oh really if you get into the 500 people in the zoom call that is okay but if you don't it is illegal to restream what is happening in that public zoom call on youtube so it's like, it's not secret because anyone can join the Zoom call, but also at the same time, you can't share it outside. Uh, anyway, I found that really weird. I feel like COVID has been the most interesting times for like kind of archaic industries to have to adapt. Did you hear about, um, so on the topic of Zoom calls, you know how Twitter had their massive hack a couple months ago? Yeah. Where like all of the huge accounts were hacked. Obama was hacked. Yeah. Um, Mr. Beast was hacked all that sort of thing. So they caught the guy that was doing it. And the mastermind behind all of this was a 17 year old kid in Florida, not a kid, but like someone that had basically hacked into Twitter by getting someone's like username and ID, username and password to get in and be able to have access to these accounts. Anyway, they had this kid's first hearing over a Zoom call as well, but forgot to put it on a password protected Zoom call. So anyone could join and anyone could like comment or start speaking in the Zoom call. Yeah. And like, just imagine the fans of a kid that hacks into Twitter and like takes over all the biggest Zoom, all, all the biggest Twitter accounts, the kind of people that are going to hack into his hearing. It was just all these kids being like, lol, in the chat. And they had to postpone it because it was oh just God. completely overridden. And it's just like, how did, how did nobody think about that? Like, really? Really? Like a Zoom call with no security controls? Like anyone that has the link can join? Yeah, a little ridiculous. Especially especially with that topic, like a hacker. All right, though. Anyway, Literally. making sure we stay on track here. Hearing happened today <laughs> with uh, Apple, uh, Apple versus Epic, uh, basically just talking about whether or not the judge was going to stop Apple from banning uh Number one, the Fortnite app, and then also as a separate matter, number two, their access to the developer tools. The judge, uh, Epic actually had a super interesting argument, which I, I, I think is cool because I think it's definitely where they're trying to go with the game. But I did think it was a bit of a ridiculous argument because they're definitely not there yet. They tried to argue that uh, Fortnite was a social media platform, which for whatever reason would mean that it couldn't get banned by Apple, uh, which the judge didn't buy which I think is fair enough. But also you can see a lot of like the community hub stuff they're trying to do in the game. 100%. It's definitely where they're trying to go. But 
I, I think I think Epic going in probably knew that they weren't going to be able to keep Fortnite. They've they've been all their communication around that has pretty much shown. Um, but interestingly, uh, the judge did agree that uh, Apple couldn't ban them from accessing the developer tools and basically punish the whole Unreal Engine because mm -hmm. that obviously isn't in violation of what Apple's trying to do and is definitely very punitive. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where it is right now. Uh, def so when the new season drops, uh, mobile will not be able to access it or update it. I don't actually know if they're going to be keeping the game running uh, on like the previous season on mobile. I actually think they are from what I've heard. Um, but yeah, basically Fortnite mobile is gone until this all gets resolved and possibly forever after it if Epic decides to just be stubborn um and yeah but epic will be able to kind of get all the apple developer tools which means like i think if they lost that that would have been a huge hit for epic as a company because you know 100%. don't get me wrong fortnite's big but in the scheme of things I, I believe that the unreal engine is actually a bigger part of the company's value um really yeah so so it gives you an idea of how important the unreal engine is so yeah if that if that had happened they would have been really screwed so basically i think means that they're now in a position where they're like okay we don't get fortnite mobile but we can you know that it's not such a big hit that they're not going to keep on going with the fight um so yeah now it's two very very stubborn very very rich companies that are now going to be battling it out and see where it goes another interesting update which i just thought was super funny off the cuff was uh Apple, obviously Epic's been trying to make themselves come across as the good guy, fighting, you know, the big evil corporation. And uh, Apple tried to kind of flip the story the other day. They basically put out their first statement on Epic's thing. And they were, you mm -hmm. know, trying to make it look like Epic doesn't actually care about other people. They're just greedy. And they had this very specific thing. They were like, on June 30th, Tim Sweeney actually, you know, before he filed this motion where he was claiming to, you know, be fighting on behalf of all developers, uh, he sent us a, a he sent us an email asking for a sneaky side deal that would just benefit Epic and and wouldn't actually, you know, help any other developers and they'd be willing to, you know, not take him to court if they this. got that. And then Tim was like, "Hey, uh, here's actually the email and here's the literal direct quote where I say." we hope you make this available to all developers. Like, basically just fully shut Apple down. It made them look like just absolute liars, pants on fire. And, <laughs> like... Pants on fire. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't know. I, it was... I, I think it is completely fascinating the fact that we are in a time where the ceos of major corporations like this are literally screenshotting their emails between each other and putting them on twitter like it kind of in a loose way feels reminiscent of um the phase tfue drama that happened earlier where it was very very much happening in the court of public opinion and i just think it's so interesting you know, I, I just feel like years ago, this sort of thing, people would never get to see the details. And the fact that Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic, was publicly sharing the, you know, very candid details of his emails with the CEO of Apple. I think it's just amazing that the general public gets to have an insight into that. A hundred percent. And I also thought it was great that he... he 
You know, people always talk about like he had the receipts. Tim Sweeney, he had the receipts. They he they had were the like receipts. they were like, yeah, here is literally my direct wording showing that I said the exact opposite thing on that exact day. And it's kind of like, yeah, damn, like far out, man. He like, yeah, he he made. I think he made Apple look pretty bad, and I think it did play into the narrative they're going for, which is. Apple is the big bad company that is yeah. trying to, you know, basically lie. How important do you think it is? Because it did make me think for a second when I saw him publish these emails. I think Tim and the whole Epic team in general is definitely going for the angle of, um, you know, they're in it for the little guy, they're fighting for the every man, that sort of thing. How important do you think it is that they are able to play to that narrative? And for Tim's sharing those emails, how much do you think he recognizes the importance of having the community be on his side with that? So I've actually thought about this, which is I I do wonder, uh, like, you know, is it is it so much about you know them as a as a company kind of backing? Um, you know, backing, like, you know, them just, like, feeling like the community's behind them. Because, obviously, if the community likes a company, they're more likely to play their games, spend money with them, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. But I was also thinking about it in what Google's doing at the moment, where, basically, for anyone who doesn't know, if you're outside Australia, you probably don't see it much. Uh, the Australian government's passing some legislation that would kind of, uh, you know, isn't great for Google. It basically just gives news companies in Australia a bunch of advantages, which do seem a bit unfair. But Google's been going super hard trying to, like, activate the community like get youtubers riled up about it uh notify consumers that it's going to be screwing them over like all that kind of stuff really trying to sway public opinion on it and i i wonder how much of um apple of epic trying to be like we're good apple's being bad apple's making v bucks cost more money all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. is because they know that as much as like court cases are you know kind of supposed to be done just objectively in accordance with the law like if there is heavy public opinion swaying one way that can ultimately have you know not doesn't mean it's huge impact but definitely an impact on yes whatever the outcome is i think companies more and more are recognizing that the court of public opinion holds weight and all these things that previously would have happened in private companies are recognizing the value of having a social narrative along with it. And I think that example that you just used of um, Google in Australia is really, really good because, yeah, for those of you that don't know, this legislation that's been drafted to pass in Australia would not be good for Google and potentially for creators as well, although it kind of remains to be seen. And a criticism that I would say YouTubers often have of YouTube is that it's not transparent. There's a lot that goes on beneath the surface and they, and creators often are the last people to know or there's a lot that they don't get to understand about the system and how it works. And obviously when you're a YouTuber and your whole livelihood is dependent on YouTube slash Google, that can be really, really frustrating. And yeah. I was shocked when this legislation was just drafted the fact that we all i think all major youtubers all major companies in association with youtube got emails off the bat they were calling people and i was incredibly impressed with the proactive communication from them yeah and the only time my ears like pricked a little bit was 
And because at, at first I was like, this is amazing. Like, wow, YouTube's like just being so transparent and upfront on these issues that might have an impact for creators. Amazing. My eye, my ears pricked slightly when I think there was something that someone said around, if any of your creators want to talk about this on social media. And I was like, oh, do you, as in if they want to talk about it or you want them to talk about it because you recognize the value of having big voices in the community getting likes and retweets. I, I think that's like a really interesting one, but yeah, I think it was the same with the phase Tifu situation that played out so publicly because I think people valued the valued the weight of having people, you know, a huge amount of people drive a narrative. And I think, um, I think Epic is definitely playing into that here as well. I do feel like Tim Sweeney is pretty altruistic and, um, you can just, I think you can just tell from the way that he's talking, the way that he's tweeting. I truly believe he thinks he's doing the right thing. Um, but I, yeah, you, know, I, you can't, you can't dismiss the fact that they had a little PR campaign to go along with this. They're doing a hashtag free Fortnite. Yeah. They've got their dumb. tournaments. They've got their little videos. Like they, they're, they're playing this as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think there are some people that really don't like Epic games the same way. A lot of people just don't like any big company. Uh, and also even more so, uh, I think a little bit because of the Epic game store and, um, and you know kind of like the way that that's made it hard of steam or all that and buying exclusives all that kind of thing but I, I i i'm still very much in the mindset and of the perspective that i think epic is actually doing the right thing here and has good motive uh, well you know no, no, don't get me wrong I, I think there is definitely greedy motivation here no doubt about it but i don't think that it is wrong what they're doing i think it's actually correct so super interesting that's where the whole epic thing is right now basically uh, they get to keep their developer tools. The Unreal Engine stays unchanged. Apps using it will still be able to keep going, which is big for a lot of developers, and I'm sure a big sigh of relief Huge. for a lot of them. Um, so a lot of wins in Epic's court, but obviously the one thing that's staying, which I don't think that they would have not expected, is that Fortnite's still going to stay banned. So I, I'd say right now, everything is pretty much exactly where Epic expected it to be. Um and yeah, it's going to be, I, I think the next hearing isn't for another month. So when that happens, uh, we'll be back here on the podcast talking about it, but probably on to the next topic. Okay. Leafy. Leafy was apparently permanently banned off YouTube this week. What were your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it is, it is super interesting. I, I think, do I like Leafy's content? Not at all. Do I think that it is awful, harmful content? Yes. Uh, do I think that you can consider yourself a creator if all you create is basically bashing on other people and your whole viewer, basically the viewer base that enjoys that kind of content. It, it, it's like, I don't know, it's a weird human thing that we have. And I think we've all probably done it from time to time. A lot of the time, like we enjoy seeing, uh, you know, number one, just like beating down on people in general. Like I think they're like, there yeah. is this, a weird thing that humans have where it's like, seeing someone else go through misfortune or like be bullied makes us feel better about ourselves, which is weird and mm. sucks. But I think also that's doubly so when it happens to someone who has a following. So I think that's basically yeah. like Leafy's content and his whole audience and his success is based around 
just literally just ripping into people for stuff that a lot of the time I don't think is fair. Yeah, so give me a little background on Leafy because I have to say that I'm kind of new to his content. I obviously have heard his name around. I saw some of the videos he made about Pokemane over the last couple of weeks, but how how long has he been around? What has his content been like? Because the couple of videos I watched of Pokemane I thought were like pretty crap. To be honest, yeah, I didn't really but, but get that's, but that's how what it I mean. was content. They don't, they I don't, don't get why people, the it thing seems is they very don't, repetitive. They don't need to be good videos. They're not like, uh, they're not like, and don't get me wrong, like there, there are videos that I, I'm not saying I don't think you can be critical of people and have that be good content. I think there's yeah. stuff like, uh, like Content Cop uh, yeah. that iDubs does, which I think sometimes is a, maybe borderlines a little bit bullying, but most of the time it's it's pretty good. Like he puts in a lot of work, does a lot of like research, yeah. does a lot of, uh, makes a lot of like points that are actually relevant. And, and sure, sometimes it's not always 100% on target, but like it's pretty, it's, it's pretty good. And I would say that is quality content. Leafy, uh, basically he started ages and ages and ages ago, just kind of doing... Uh, I think it was it, basically he would do like CSGO surfing maps and just like commentate about topics, talking about like stuff that he'd done, like, oh, the first time I got drunk and, you know, just going on about that. But then it, yeah. it, it started evolving a lot more maliciously into he'd find videos of someone who like literally just randoms online who like made an idiot. Of, and I, if anyone, if I'm remembering any of this like progression wrong. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm sure the comments will tell me, but this was years ago now, so I'm really trying to think back on it. Um, but yeah, he basically blew up absolutely huge. had a viral blow up. And basically it was initially him just surfing in CSGO, talking about like things that happened in life or little things that were happening on the internet or all that kind of stuff. It eventually kind of evolved into he'd find a video of uh you know like someone doing something really dumb and he'd basically spend the video being like look at this idiot over here like you know with your bung ass teeth like what are you doing you know like and a lot of the, and and basically just kind of like and it was i think initially a bit more maybe like some light-hearted like oh like look at this dumb thing that happened but then it would turn right. into just like someone who straight up like you know could have had like a, a facial deformity or just really bad teeth or just something like that and basically just like straight up ripping into him being like just calling yeah. him ugly and horrible and then i think more recently uh it evolved into uh you know doing kind of like idubs content cop but i but i don't but obviously like not at the same quality level like you said from what you watched of the pokemon one where it's just kind of like ripping into people uh for various things it's not that every point in there is totally irrelevant that like he didn't make a single you know relevant point on something someone might have done that isn't perfect but i i think the that it really just comes down to a lot of it really is just like a lot of the time bullying and then i think really the question so obviously long story short youtube put out a statement today actually he got banned about a week ago but the statement only came out from youtube today saying he violated their policies on harassment three times in 90 days that's a channel ban done and that it's permanent and he's not coming back um wow so i think basically 
that kind of moves the now number one my take on that content um is i look like i i I don't think i don't think it's good content i think that if your entire brand is built on you kind of feeding on that need that people have to like see other people push down and if the only way that you can raise yourself up is by pushing other people down and hating on people i just i don't i don't like that because i think it's just obviously it's just like it it's just horrible Um, it's not common it's it's not quality yeah like i agree i think you can be critical and you can do like uh you know i think there are people on youtube that are that are critical but they're doing almost like an investigative journalism style of content yeah where they're really putting in work to me it just seemed like crap to be honest yeah yeah yeah. and 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 you know it can raise the occasional relevant point that people can debate like um you know like oh like if you're a girl streamer with a bunch of guy fans should you have to disclose if you have a boyfriend that kind of thing like which I don't think you should. I think, sure, there's, like, arguments either way if you're deliberately misleading people, but whatever. There are, like, certain relevant points that can come out of it, and I think they're more, you know, kind of okay to discuss. But a lot of the time, it's just presenting super biased points or just straight-up points, just, like, being, like, you're ugly or something like that. Um, And and then trying to, like, set, like, a hate mob on people. And I think a lot of the time, the internet doesn't understand that, like, these, these are people... Like, imagine, like, I'm sure everyone's had someone bully them at some point in their life. Imagine how it feels to have one yeah. person kind of come at you and be like, oh, like, you're you're ugly or you're, you know, fat or you're dumb or anything like that. It hurts. Now, imagine you have that being put in a video that is then broadcast to millions of people and then those millions of people come and do that to you. It is overwhelming. Um, but, yeah, so, okay. I but, hate but- people like that, actually. The more I think about it, the more I'm just like, who is this kid? seriously yeah yeah. this kid okay okay what's he doing so but so this is the big and this is like the big but this is the big thing i don't think you or i will ever argue or disagree that i fundamentally think that that is horrible content i think that uh in an ideal world no one would enjoy watching that and it just wouldn't exist but i think where the topic becomes interesting is i think it's been legally established that uh youtube needs to be a platform where free speech is allowed right there was like a case where it was established that youtube has a monopoly on online video content and therefore they can't they can't enforce any policy on what content is allowed there right like they can't be like oh you can have democrat content but not republican you know you have to adhere to this strict political view okay so i think i think that the interesting part of the whole topic really uh because i think you know we can we can agree and i'm sure most viewers and maybe not all would agree that the content isn't you know lovely and isn't isn't really helping the world much yeah um but i think but i do think where it becomes interesting is okay like we can agree that there's a lot of like there's a lot of horrible stuff out there but like um at what point does uh free speech it impede on free speech and yeah and and i think one valid point that does get made and and to be fair i do think they do it in a different way is there is a lot of pretty like there is a lot of harassing content on youtube there's a lot of videos a lot of people ripping into a lot of others you know like all the beauty guys like you know kind of hating on james charles calling him this and that and that uh granted granted with like you know that was not as much just being like you're ugly but you know the point still stands there's a lot of like big late night comedian tv shows that put themselves up there where they'll like they'll you know be up there being like oh like donald trump 
the you know buffoon with the iq of a monkey now whatever your opinion on that is ultimately it comes down to the same thing where you're like uh where you're like it, it is technically still you know bullying someone or harassment you you can't have a policy where you're like you can't say anything negative about anyone on our platform true but yeah it becomes interesting how do you qualify what that is yeah where where the you, line is. yeah exactly where you draw that line so i think i think the 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 compelling argument against the ban is basically being like look it was yeah it was supposed to be free speech comedic free speech uh you know kind of like criticizing someone and that is his opinion on that person and ultimately if you know i put a video up saying hey i reckon you know donald trump looks ugly like that that should be allowed like like ultimately you're allowed to have opinions on things yeah and it just becomes okay but what if your whole channel is about that what if every bit of content is nothing but yeah. that then okay but you've already said that behavior is allowed so what is there a quota i think that's where it becomes a more kind of interesting discussion you know should they be able to ban based off just being like oh well that was mean of you to say that for anyone that's interested in this sort of discussion you should definitely go and listen to the podcast series by the new york times called rabbit hole it is fascinating and talks a lot about this sort of topic and how youtube can drag you in and convert people's way of thinking they interview pewdiepie on the series it's really really interesting i highly recommend it um has Leafy spoken on the subject? Has he tweeted anything? What's his plan? Is he going to come back with a different channel? No. I mean, number one, I don't think you can. I think if you're banned... Uh, oh, really? Banned. I, I think... I don't know for sure. I know Keemstar got banned years ago, like literally 10 years ago when he came back. Um, I don't... Yeah, I don't actually know the hard rule. But yeah, I think... I think I, I listened to a little interview Leafy did and he was like, you know, like... Yep got banned uh i think you know youtube are a bunch of hypocrites or you know basically that they're wrong to ban him but also that he fully mm -hmm. expected to be banned and this time he doesn't think they'll unban him that's his take right yeah so he's done he's off yeah i i think so wow it's, yeah it's it dude it's weird it's it's really weird um yeah but but i don't know like what, what are your thoughts like where is there like a line that needs to be drawn around what's allowed what's not allowed like I th I think it's I think the point that you just made is a really good one. Like as much as my personal opinion is that's crap content, it's not adding anything. It just seems kind of redundant and hating for the sake of hating and I don't know, just in short like pretty toxic content to be honest. You you make a good point. Like it's free speech and if people enjoy it and that's his opinion on someone, like who am I? to have my opinion of the fact that I think it's crap content like override that and have him be banned from a platform where you can have free speech. I do think it's like a dangerous line to tread. It's like at what point can someone be critical versus at what point is someone banned and their whole livelihood is banned off a platform because of the way they communicate. And maybe could a comedian say exactly the same thing but not be banned because they're have a higher production value and they're doing it on a stage and they're showing their face or something. Mm. I don't know. Like, I, I think that's a, I think it's a really interesting point at the same time. I feel like 
Yeah, it's difficult when you have that much of an audience, everything you do is going to be highlighted. So I think sometimes YouTubers will often say like, oh, I big YouTubers that even we know will say like, oh, I feel like I'm being held to a different standard with my content. And it's like, to be honest, you probably are because you've got a, you've got a big audience. And for YouTube, it matters much more to be enforcing those standards on people with a big audience than people that are getting like 50 views a video or something like that. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think. Um, yeah. I think. I genuinely don't know the answer to this one. I, like, look, objectively, do you ask me? Do I think YouTube is a happier, nicer place without Leafy's videos on there? Yes. Uh, but do I necessarily think that anything yeah. I don't agree with should be banned? No. So I, I, I'm in a weird yeah. spot with it. I. Once again, that's that's the thing about like free speech, which you know is obviously I think most of us probably like is free speech yeah. means. Uh, allowing things that you might not personally agree with. And I obviously do think there's a line there. Um, mm-hmm. And as much as I might hate something and, you know, think it's not good, I also have to acknowledge that at a certain point, I can't just say delete everything that I don't like because yeah. that is obviously not a good <laughs> a good policy. But also I... This I whole fully- conversation... Oh my gosh, this whole conversation, like compulsory homework for anyone listening at this point is go and start the podcast series Rabbit Hole. Like if you if you like what we're talking about right now, you will be fascinated by yeah. this. It is, it's so well produced. It's so interesting. Like you must, must go listen to it and then talk about it in the comments so that I have someone else I can talk about it with because it was one of the best things I've heard in the last few months. Yeah. All right, so to end it on a slightly lighter note, I want to talk about Fall Guys. Guys, we're still trying to get Oliver, who's the head of social on the podcast. He is he, probably he replied. An he replied today now. saying that he was he was uh, unfortunate. I messaged him. I was like, "Oh, hey, bro, we're about to like record. If you want to like jump in quickly," and he was like, "Ah, it's two a.m. where I am right now." So I was like, "Ah, damn, I don't keep on top <laughs> of all the time zones." Um, but yeah, I think, Dude, I think we'll, either next I week or the week after. Yeah, either next week or the week after, I'm sure we'll be able to find a time. But obviously, pretty hectic time to be running Fall Guys social media. So very understandable. This is a game that has just taken the whole world by storm. We touched on it lightly last week, but I have just been absolutely fascinated and amazed by the way that they have just captured the community in a way that I feel like, I don't know, Elliot, when was the last time you saw a game really capture the community like Fall Guys? honestly i can't really remember uh, i mean uh, other than fortnite obviously i don't think there's really been a game since fortnite that's done it in such a whole like sorry i'll put it this way i don't think there's been a game since fortnite that's gotten like this that's really come out of left field you know there's games like call of duty warzone that come out and they do well and you're like yeah it's it's call of duty battle royale like it's it's always going to be fine yeah but i think this is a game that i I love these ones where it kind of comes out of nowhere and people like oh great idea you guys had there awesome video love it and then you know people really get down with that i think um i think where it just the narrative they've created like the community engagement that they've created on twitter is next level like i i think it's just amazing the the kind of creators that they have regularly interacting with them on a daily basis they have different companies interacting with them and effectively promoting them on their own pages it's it's quite unique and i think it's just 
been a highlight yeah. of the last few months to see something in the community just take over with such like positive wholesome vibes to be honest and really just like make everyone feel like they're part of something and I think I touched on it last week but I feel like as soon as a company account has in jokes with people they have like memes with people like you just know that they've done something so so right because it's hard to create that sort of like familiarity and jokes and like personal relationship with people and I want to like particularly touch on the whole narrative they did with Tim the Tap Man over the past week who was trying to get his first crown. I was watching, like I was so engaged. I was watching his stream like when he got his first crown and I think he had like 300,000 people watching him at that time, which is just next level and it was it was honestly just great content. Like Yeah. I don't I I loved it. Like what's what do you think on it, A? Yeah, I mean, I, I think on the social, I, I'm keen to talk about, I guess, like the way social media has been run and also, I guess, like thoughts on like longevity of the game. I think uh, on the social media side, I think obviously the way that he's been running it is fantastic. I think, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's. Uh, don't get me wrong, I don't think, I, I do think at a certain point you need a certain type of game and a certain level of popularity to be able to do what he's done. Mm -hmm. But obviously he's done it perfectly with what he's been given. Um, You know, like I can't see a game like, uh, you know, Call of Duty running their social media the same way as Fall Guys is. But Fall Guys is perfect because it's fun, it's crazy, it's dumb. And because of that, you can run your social media in a way that is fun and crazy and dumb. But also, it's not to say that that doesn't have a really well big thought out plan. And uh, and, um, he actually, uh, Oliver, the guy who runs it, put out a like a really long tweet thread the other day going into yes. the thoughts they had before the game came out and how they did it all. But yeah, no, I, I think the social media I've for read it, that and I loved it. I thought it was so on point. I think the social media for it has been done really great. I think it's really kind of like captured a lot of people who might not not normally be able to engage with the gaming community because like y- you can't have a lot of these guys like jump in and play Fortnite casually because it's too much. But for guys, mm-hmm. you can literally just like have running anywhere and people can immediately jump in and understand what they're doing um i yeah Fall guys almost reminds me like watching it i haven't i I still haven't played it but i've watched it now it almost reminds me of like all the browser games we used to play as kids do you remember like mini clip games that sort of thing like in a way fall guys reminds me of that yeah yeah 100 percent. i think that I think it'll continue to be a really big popular party game. I'm interested to see how long it's able to stay super popular in like the mainstream, you know, with every big streamer playing it, big YouTubers posting videos on it. uh, And will they be able to keep that going or will it at a certain point, uh, you know, fade back to being something that obviously people still enjoy playing, but it no longer has that being at the forefront um or will it be and this is more when i think it where where it really could stay it kind of be i I don't think it's going to stay as people's primary game right i Mm -hmm. i I don't think that'll happen but i think with the right updates keeping it fun keeping it interesting it could occasionally keep spiking up as that stay very relevant but where i think it'll probably settle is kind of in that secondary game slot which is don't be wrong a very very good spot to be 
uh, especially for a game like that, which is so simple. Um, because ultimately, at a certain point, you kind of hit a skill cap on that game where you don't feel like you're advancing as much. That's why people right. played Fortnite so much for three years now is because you there's so much to learn. You always feel like you're improving. And there's definitely ways that happens in Fall Guys, but I do think it caps out. But where I think Fall Guys is going to be amazing is it's going to be that kind of thing where, you know, like I'm doing a stream and I'm playing Fortnite and we've been playing for three hours, a bit tired. I'm like, you know what, guys? Let's cap it off with some Fall Guys. Jump over to Fall Guys, yeah. play for an hour or two, call out the stream. Or, you know, say I'm streaming before an update. Update, you know, playing Fortnite, servers go down. Where am I going to go? I'm going to go to play Fall Guys because, like, that's that's a really, really fun place to, you know, kind of go, things to do, and, like, genuinely still enjoy the game. I don't see it as being this long-term thing where you're going to have content creators able to grind the stream for, like, six to eight hours a day. I just... I don't think that that's going to happen or it's going to stay that way. But I I think it's an incredible game. I think people will always enjoy coming back to it, especially when they keep innovating and adding and doing all the good stuff that they're doing. And uh, and yeah, I think I think it'll definitely stay very healthy in that secondary I feel like I feel like 2020 might be the perfect time for a game like Fall Guys. Like even when you say it's not going to be anyone's primary game, I feel like it's a time where a lot of big streamers, especially big Fortnite streamers, are looking for a great secondary game. And and they want that. Like Fortnite, a lot of people are feeling like a little tired from that. A lot of people are feeling like they need something to like keep the mood light where they can go in and have a good time and get great content without having to sweat for hours. And I feel like Fall Guys in many ways satisfies exactly what the perfect secondary game to Fortnite would be in that it's colorful, it's fun, it's quick to play, it's easy to understand. Do you agree? Yeah, 100%. I think it's 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 what makes it amazing is the fact that it can just jump in anyone can play. I could I could literally take it to mum, dad, grandma, whoever and yeah. just be like you, you are the it. you are the blob, jump over the gaps, you know? And and sure 100%. they're not they're not they're not going to win on their first game necessarily, but they are going to be able to play it and be like, okay, I understand what's happening here. And I think that's the big thing that keeps a lot of people away from a lot of the more complicated games today. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, nah, I think, 100%. I think it'll, 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 it is an awesome game and it shall continue to be. Good. All right. I feel like that's it for today's episode. I'm fingers crossed guys. Fingers crossed we get Oliver on one of the next episodes because I'm so keen to talk to him and like really understand how they're working on the social media because I just think it's fascinating to see how like the developers of a game um, rely on the social media and vice versa to like create something that ultimately has a big community impact. But Thank you guys so much for watching. Remember to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and follow us and rate and review us if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. And we will see you guys next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.